welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. All right. Superheroes, we are here today with a very special guest. Her name is Connie Whitman because she is a superhero of love in the world of business. She is kicking ass in business by bringing forth people's hearts into their business world, into their financial life. And she's going to share some of the ways that she does that. I heard her interview Scott Miller from Franklin Covey. Mm -hmm. And I heard her say this sentence. It's really important that we bring love into our workplace or something to that effect. I may not be quoting you exactly, but she said those words. And I was like, oh, we have to have her on the superhero of love podcast because we are all, even if your business is being a homemaker. We all have our world, our daily world, where we want to bring love more into place. But she has huge experience, 36 years of experience as a sales service, coaching, training, and development expert. She's an author. She's an international speaker. And her mission is to help leaders build powerhouse organizations that change clients' lives for the better. And that is what she is about. She's also the co-founder of Wisdom Decoded. And we'll hear more about Wisdom Decoded because she, she made me do a test. <laughs> I had to do a test for my interview. <laughs> I'm rough. <laughs> so wait, we're going to hear about Wisdom Decoded. She also has an MBA in finance from Monmouth University and a BA in business administration from Rutgers. She was inducted as an honored member into the trademark Who's Who 2016 edition for professional excellence. And she's a faculty member for the New Jersey Bankers Association's Emerging Leaders Program. And she has her own podcast that I was also on, which is called Enlightenment of Change, and that'll be out in September. So I said, well, we're not going to wait for that to pass. We're going to do it right away because I was so inspired by that interview. And also, we just had so much fun talking before and after <laughs> the interview that you did of me that we couldn't let this pass. So thank you for coming, Connie. Can I tell you, I am beyond honored. And we really did have so much fun recording my show that it was just, I think, a natural flow through our conversation. And here we are. So here I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, here we are. And where are we? Let us presence ourselves physically because behind Connie, please, everyone, look if you are on the YouTube version. And if you're on the hearing version, I'm just going to describe to you that behind her is a beautiful bookcase. And in that bookcase, lit up is... Tell us who it is. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. <laughs> and you know, we grew, I, you're the similar age to me. So we grew up on Wonder Woman, you know, when we were kids. Yes. And I think, I think today women, we have to be Wonder Women just to, you know, show up every day and do what we need to do. Right? Yes. And my favorite part of that though, is the story of how you got that. Can you please explain to them how uh, you got that? Cause I love that. It's, it was adorable. So my son, I have two boys, and uh, my now sophomore in college, he was, he was quite young, and we had gone to GameStop for a game for him. 
and on the shelf was this Wonder Woman uh, action figure. So I look at him because, you know, sometimes these new action figures come into play. And I said, is that still Wonder Woman? And he looked at me with disgust, like, yes, why? A typical kid. And I said, I, I want her. Tell dad for my birthday, I want that statue. And so, of course, um, he rolled his eyes and I knew he was going to tell my, my husband. So I told my husband <laughs> and then my husband went and bought that for me. So that's that's been there for probably about six or seven years. And it just reminds me every day to just be my best self, to come into the world with power and truth and love and, and everything else falls into place. So that's my, my little iconic uh, Wonder Woman there. <laughs> my favorite part of the story though, is that you made your husband buy it for you because in making your husband buy it for you, you're kind of making him acknowledge your Wonder Woman-ness, right? Yes, and, and I'm, I'm dying because Bridget, it, I always say, oh, I'm going to make you do this. And he goes, you never make me do anything. And I always have to correct myself. So I politely asked him to purchase the Wonder Woman for my birthday. <laughs> way, to, way, to, way to work a man, way to work a man. Yeah, totally, totally. He's great. My husband's the best. So. No, but he is, he is our hero right now for going and getting that for you and acknowledging you in that way. Cause that is an acknowledgement. That is, Absolutely. that is really cool. Absolutely. So, um, one of my, my, uh, we, we, I just did this event, um, on Sunday and one of the topics, actually the subtopic of the event, the event was called what the world needs now. And it was a conversation on fierce listening and loving. So listening um, is, is such a hot topic right now. I feel like everywhere I turn, people are talking about listening. And I know that you are a goddess of listening and of communication. And I just want to hear um, some of your, your best tips for people on being a good listener, especially in the workplace. But that can obviously filter into any world that we're talking about. But uh, Bridget, you're right. Uh, you know, let's face it, to be a good listener absolutely will impact our professional lives, but it's going to impact your personal lives as well. Listening to your kids, listening to your significant other spouse, mom, dad, siblings, whatever it might be. So listening is an impactful skill. And I think that we're not real good as humans list from a listening perspective. So I, I'll, I'll share a story. Oh my goodness. Um, has to be in my early sales career. I was selling insurance, had this real cool regional manager. And every Friday we had a huge sales meeting with all of the agents. And, and this is kind of funny too, this is back in the 80s. I was the only female. So there were 43 male agents and me. And anyway, this one Friday, the regional got up there and he started talking about listening. And when you're in a sales conversation, or now I've learned any conversation, you know, we have two ears. He said that you have two ears and one mouth. You should be listening at all times, twice as much as we speak. And you know, isn't that brilliant? And 36 years later, Bridget, I still use that in my training. I use it every day when I'm with clients. I use it with my husband and my kids when I'm hosting my show. Two ears, one mouth. Great visual reminder. So when you, your listeners feel like they're going on and on and on and on, just have that blip of a moment to say, two ears, one mouth. Let me quiet my voice and go into listening mode. And, and I think that's a, a great tip that served me well, you know, over my, my career. Yeah. One of the times that I find it kind of hard to listen is when I'm in what I perceive as a conflict or conflict adjacent. <laughs> so 
my emotions are rising up and it kind of blinds me to the fact that I have two ears. So can you, do you have any tips for those of us that are having trouble listening when we just, we're all we're doing, like in those situations, I'm just thinking about what I'm going to say next. Absolutely. You know? and, and we all do it, or, by the way. And you have a very strong personality. I have a very strong personality. So I know when I'm in conflict management mode, I immediately go to, well, they're going to listen to me. This is what's going on in my head, right? Which is a horrible way from a body language standpoint, verbal, facial, the whole thing. Not a good thing. So another thing I have learned, because I am very facial, you can all see that. I move a lot. I use my eyes a lot. I, I am very expressive. I have learned when there's a conflict going on and you feel your blood starting to boil, right? You get that knot in the stomach and we go into defense attack mode. Um, first thing I do is watch my body language. So as soon as you shift to pay attention to what you're doing, it immediately lowers that, I'm gonna get them. Second thing I do is I literally take a deep breath and I will count to 10 while I am listening, because here's the other thing I have found, that when you truly stop and listen to the other person's angst and anger and whatever is going on that they're coming at you so strong, they're upset. They're equally emotional. So if I can tap into and watch their body language and really, really understand where that angst or that attack is coming from, immediately you know how to respond from a, a place, I think, of kindness and love so right. that you're putting yourself in that moment in their shoes. Whether you agree or disagree doesn't matter, but we can hear their feelings because this is another thing I've learned over the years. Feelings are never wrong. It, it's just our perspective, and we'll talk about that later with communication. So if I can step into their shoes in that moment by, again, watching my body language, it's pattern interrupt breathing pattern interrupt and then tuning into that listening of what they're really anxious about you always know the right way to respond honestly and it will always come from calmness respect that's another thing i, I think my middle name should be respect mm. and one of love and i think one of love as well i love how you said that hearing feelings because usually we're stuck in the i see he's mad i see he's this i see he's that but it like hearing feelings there's something there's something more passive about that. There's something more like I'm receiving in your feelings and I'm digesting them. I'm processing them or something. I don't know. Something about the way you said hearing feelings made me, it's more compassionate or something. Well, but understand too, right? Listening is really when we communicate, 55% of our communication is all in body language, which is more than half. So right. if we tune in to listen to the body language, the tone, the feelings, I think we really understand where that person's coming from. And it just gives you an opportunity to respond, re respond respectfully versus one of anger. Well, you know what I'm going to tell you now, because um, we've all got that little edge to us, especially <laughs> your type of personality and my type of personality. Yes, I will be heard. You know, right. it just is what it is. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. And have you also had those experiences where you're in a conflict and you say, I don't really feel like you're listening to me, or I don't feel like you're hearing me. And then the person just repeats the exact words 
and that doesn't that doesn't put any salve on the fire because you don't just want them to hear the words you want them to hear your feelings and what's behind the words right absolutely you know what works sometimes when they're just deer in a headlight and they're or they're in their zone and they're not listening to you um, tell a story that you know they will relate to um, example, if you're getting bad customer service and they're like, rah, 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 you know, going on and on, I try to turn it and say, you know what? I think you're having a bad day just for a moment. When was the last time you were somewhere and had just a bad customer experience? And I said, really think about that for a minute. And you'll see the person, you know, immediately they, they think about it and then they'll look at you and go, oh, well, I'm experiencing what you experienced and you're having a bad day. It's cool, you know, but can you be nice? And, and usually, usually the, the person ends up laughing with you versus, so you just diffuse. I think if we take an, a moment to diffuse those conflicts and, and again, hearing the feelings, I think, I think will ma help you master that quickly. And there's also that there, but for the grace of God, go I, because when you were telling that story, I was like, I've been both of you. I've been the person having the bad and I've been me reacting to the bad person, right? And I'm, it's like one day I'm this and one day I'm that. Hopefully I'm not this as much as I'm this, but sure, you know. sure it's work. <laughs> We're human after all. <laughs> so communications, communication is your, is your, you are the queen of communication. So tell me, tell me about how your expertise with communicating also led you to, and tell us about the communication style assessment that I did last night, the test that you made me do. <laughs> You're so, I made you do it. I right, cracked the whip and said, you have to take this. Well, because I want, it, if I can, your listeners know you. So by you taking the test, and I did take some notes and reviewed it today, I can share things about you, um, both from a superpower standpoint, what we're really strong and good at naturally, and then what are the things that maybe we're not so good at that the are challenges? Yeah, because we, you know what, here's the other thing, Bridget, we all have blind spots. And if you think you don't, you're crazy because you do. We all do. And, right. and it's a blind spot because you don't know it's there. So right. that's, that's why I asked you to take the test so that, and, and, but here's the thing, Bridget, I think you know what your blind spots are. And I truly believe just from the little we've gotten to know, know each other, I believe you're working on it. But, but yeah. let me, I want to just take a step back. Yeah. When we talk about communicating, we talk, we communicate with humans. Again, I don't care, personal, professional, doesn't matter your, your venue. When we talk about communication, it's a really complicated skill to develop because you have a couple of things going on. You have your behavioral style. We're born with it. It's kind of um, like your blood type. So that's the communication style assessment piece, which I'll go over in a minute you have the geography or environment that you grew up in. So example would be, I grew up in an inner city um, during the riots when I was a child. So when I go, and I live in New Jersey, so New York isn't far from me, but when we go into New York to see a play or do something cultural, I have to tell you, my body language immediately gets very, very tense, and I am hyper aware of everyone around me, and it, it, it comes from fear, okay? Well, of course, because I was raised in an inner city. Now, if you were raised in a farm, um, you're going to have a totally different relationship when you go to the city, perhaps. You might go with, with awe and wonder. Um, I had one young lady in a class, kind of funny. Um, she did grow up in a farm, and she, said, she looked at me in class and said, you know, I actually like people 
more than, I mean, I actually like animals more than I like people. So that struck me funny. It, you know, so geography will, will impact your gender. Men and women, we are from Mars. They are from Venus. We're wired. We're actually anatomically different. So we respond to environments differently. Another one is ethnicity. Um, you know, my dad was born in Italy. So I have a um. lot of that Italian um, uh, vibe to me. My my family, my mom's siblings, my dad's siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins, we all live in the same town within like a square mile of each other. Very typical. It's, I know, isn't that I think it's cool. It's really cool. Um, it is. So, so ethnicity will impact how you respond to different stimuli as well. And then we have the multi-generations. Uh, first time in our history, we have four generations working side by side. So you have maybe a 17-year-old at a Walmart or, or a Kmart or a uh, McDonald's working with potentially a 75-year-old. The value, I mean, somebody like you and I, Bridget, the value of that is, wow, the depth of experience and knowledge. And I love picking kids' brains about the technology um, and hopefully uh, younger folks love picking mine and your brains because we are uh, seasons. I call us hot, hot and spicy. So we're <laughs> hot and spicy because we have all of this knowledge. So you have all of that. And then the last one is how we learn. Some people can hear it. Got it. Some people can read. I, I retain it. Other people's need. Other people need to hear it. They need to read it. They need to execute, maybe use their mouse to play with something on the computer. So all of these things go into communication. So it's actually quite a complex skill. But if we don't ever take the time to focus on it, how can we get good at something that that's, is that complicated, right? Right. Yeah, that's cool. So out of that, all of that, world that you just told us about all the elements that go into communication you created the communication assessment survey right yes which i made you take yeah <laughs> so i wanted to <laughs> and you did it so willingly which is great i have such power thanks to my wonder woman right uh, but so I was there's... totally every, st especially, you know, I even get stressed out and like literally nervous at the eye doctor. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong one. Is it A or is it B? Is it one or is it two? Oh my God. And the test is super easy to do it, but, and you, you're ranking things on a scale of one to five and you only get to choose one, 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 two, one, three, one, right. four, and one, five. So you have to, you have to really be careful. And I was like, well, in some cases it's a, three and in some cases it's a one so but I know that I was supposed to choose overall in my life right correct that's okay. correct okay. and that's why when my partner and I created this and it's a free online assessment for your listeners we could give them that information at the end but the the cool thing that we did because um, my partner is certified in Myers-Briggs I'm certified in DISC and they're mo they're wonderful models wonderful the difference with our assessment or what we try to do with the difference is the ranking. So you can't just say yes, no, positive, negative. We really made you rank through some emotions so that you can pinpoint what style you are. And if you'd like, I could share the five styles that we kind of yes, defined yes, from that. Please. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is the stimulating motivator. You and I are both high stimulating motivators. So what That's is, what so is shocking? I know. Aren't you so surprised? When I saw the, well, when I saw the results, I knew you, I knew you were a stimulating motivator and you were, you had an intensity of 46. The highest intensity is a 50, which I, again, I wasn't surprised about. And I'll talk about intensities in a minute. 
So stimulating motivators, just like the title suggests, were confident, high energy, um, were able to quickly shift gears. Glass is always half full. Truly the positive thinkers, um, you know, we just see the world from a, from a beautiful vantage point. Um, and we like to inspire others to become their greatest self. So what you and I do for a living, we should be doing for a living. And that's our stimulating motivator. Now, I'll, I'll share the flip side or our blind spots with that. Sometimes, Bridget, you and I move so fast that we can create angst around us yes. because our energy could be exhausting. So um, also we're so quick to move, move, move that sometimes we can make decisions without listening to other people's perspective. And that could be a, a little bit dangerous as well. And it's like, bully, that's where I, when I say that I know I'm a bully, that's how I feel like I'm a bully and exactly what you just described. You know, like yes. I'm not, because I realize I've been a bully after the fact because I was moving too quickly and not realizing that I was running over everybody. Yeah. And I know you've had this experience. Someone will say to you maybe a day or two later, especially if they're a heartful advocate, which I'll, I'll share next, but the next day they'll say, you know, um, you said this and, and, and that, that really hurt me. And you and I will react like, what did we say? And oh my goodness, we'll feel truly bad because when we interact with other humans, we always want people to walk away feeling good and energized and inspired, never for us to have hurt their feelings. So yes, we could be bullies, but we don't know we're being bullies because we're coming from this, hey, get on board, let's do this. Yeah. Um, and we're moving too fast sometimes, which and, again, and we're, our blind spot. Where enthusiasm turns into obnoxiousness. <laughs> it's like, yes, and yes, yes. And, and I'm, I'm constantly, be, it's, that is my Achilles heel too is, is uh, people misunderstanding my intentions. They think that my intentions were one thing because of the way I was acting and because I was railroading them. And so uh, that is my, that just, I burst into tears when I hear that, that, I've, that I've accidentally run over somebody and that my intentions were misunderstood or misheard. Yeah. And you, you said run over, that's in, in the book. I have the companion book, but in the report you received, it says sometimes you could be a bulldozer. And we, that is never ever our intent, but that is what sometimes happened because yeah. that's our blind spot. Yeah. Um, second style is a heartful advocate, which is funny. I'm looking at my notes. You, your third one um, was a heartful advocate. You had a positive score of a two. So it's, you have it, um, not as much as that stimulating motivator. That stimulating <laughs> Apparently motivator. I shouldn't have written this book. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should have. You absolutely should have. So the heartful advocate just as it sounds, is their um, heartful advocates are, are coming from this supportive understanding. Um, let me help you with your problem. Uh, sensitive, very people or familiar people oriented. Um, a heartful advocate, if they go to a networking event, they get a little overwhelmed and they'll find their peeps. They'll find someone they know and say, okay, don't leave me. Let's walk around together and introduce mm. together. So they're very people driven, but with familiar people, um, very empathetic, usually are very good li listeners and try to create harmony um, in their life. So before we were talking about conflict, heartful advocates, one of your blind spots, you don't like conflict, uh, 
uh, uh, heartful advocates, if I'm your boss or if Bridget is your boss, we'll be like, hey, we need to get this done. Go get this done. And we'll, we'll assign it to you because you're easy. And heartful advocates always say, uh-huh, okay, I'll do it. And then what happens is their plate gets so full that all of a sudden the heartful advocate walks away going, they're always picking on me. They're always telling me to do this. You know, why don't they give it to somebody else? Because the heartful advocate, their blind spot, you don't know how to say no. And not no disrespectfully, but, you know, I'm a little busy. Um, could you let me check my schedule? Maybe I won't be able to get it done today, but I could get it done for you next week. So maybe approaching from that standpoint. And let me just comment, Bridget, before when we were talking about you and I being a bulldozer. We have to work on that. That is not an easy thing for us to kind of corral and bring in. And now for the heartful advocate, I'm telling you, find your voice, learn to say no. I'm not saying that these are easy things um, to combat that blind spot. That's why they're blind spots. Um, again, it takes effort um, to learn and apply and find your voice. So that's our little heartfelt advocate. And you Can I just interrupt to just say yes, that, yes. that you're giving me already, I have... Um, this is such a beautiful thing to study because I already have some um, compassion for a friend of mine who is clearly, I'm sure she's a 46 on the heartful advocate and she's always dropping balls with me or flaking out because she takes on too much. And so, and that drives me mad, but now I have this extra compassion for her because she's a heartful. And now I see the whole story of what's behind that. That's so great. Thank you for that. And, and this is cool. My husband is a very, very high heartfelt advocate. And I need that because my heartfelt advocate, um, I think is like a negative six. So it's not low, low, but sometimes I'm in the mad dash to get things done. And he'll turn around, especially with our kids. Well, he never, ever, we, we are always unified in front of the boys. But in bed, he'll say to me, you know, you kind of owe him an apology. You were abrupt with. And as soon as he says it, I don't always see it when I do it. As soon as he says it, I yeah, okay, I need to do that. Thanks for reminding me. So he, he and I are a good yin-yang, but that's your heartfelt advocate. They lead always with their heart and from a place of love, but then you could get stepped on. So you have to learn how to set up um, those boundaries. And the other thing you said that was so beautiful, Bridget, is as soon as you understand all the styles, you start to picture people that fall into each of the five styles and you come from a place of understanding. So all of a sudden you're thinking, she's not flaking on me. That poor thing is overwhelmed. And let me not add to the overwhelm by now being mad at her, mm -hmm. but letting her know, like, don't flake on me. I, I, you know, when we set something up or schedule something, you kind of have to do it with me. So there's Mark, a way. To I think I need to give her permission to say no to me also. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm absolutely. saying? Cause I feel like she doesn't want to disappoint me. So she says yes, when she should, cause her plate is full. When you said the plate was full, I just got this total picture of her with a huge plate in front of her. Where yes. She over it. And Thank well, you and you that. said something important too. She doesn't want to disappoint, disappoint you because they are all about support. That's, that's their role in life. They're never like you and I, we're in the front. They're in the back making sure all the details yeah. um, and everybody is happy and everything is harmonious. So that's who your friend is. Um, the next style, and this was your second highest, which was interesting. Um, you scored a six on the precise assessor. Now the precise assessor, hard worker, very self-disciplined, a little bit analytical in nature, 
very conscientious dreamer, stable. You like things stable. And also you have the capacity to be a critical thinker. That is not one of my strengths. Um, for me, my precise assessor is second to the last. It's quite negative um, for me. So with, with our precise assessors out there, um, you tend to avoid conflict altogether, a little bit like the heartfelt advocate. Um, and you can get in your own way of progress because you get stuck in the mud. Let me look at one more thing. Let me read consumer report for five years before I buy that washing machine. So you, you go into this uh, precision mode that you get the analysis paralysis. And sometimes my precise assessors, what'll happen, you're so afraid to just get this much information pull the trigger and move on so that um, a friend might say, you know, I'm looking to get apply for this new posting or this new job. And they analyze and analyze and review their, cre their credentials. And I don't know if I could qualify. And they go on and on and on in this deep dive. And then they think, oh, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. The position's been filled three weeks ago. <laughs> That's your precise assessor. <laughs> they need to be married to one of us. They need to be married <laughs> Don't laugh. My husband is a heartfelt advocate and a precise assessor. Uh, again, the precise assessor is my second lowest and the heartfelt advocate is my third lowest. So he and I make a good yang, but absolutely he needs me to say, we're doing it. And I need him to say, slow down. You're making a bad decision. <laughs> so you have that. It's a great balance. It is. I love it. It's beautiful. And then the next one is the observing designer. Now the observing designer also very goal oriented. The problem with the observing designer is they're very single mind minded. So um, Albert Einstein, for an example, was um, an observing designer. They like to go down the rabbit hole, but they don't know how to find their way out. So they <laughs> keep they, like, right, they'll do things 10,000 different ways to find the way that's going to, you know, find the light bulb for us, right? So they're very in inventive. And I find the observing designers in my life are the most brilliant thinkers. Um, it is my lowest score. I think I'm a negative 46 on that. So when I'm around, and this is a good way for you to expose yourself and understand your blind spots. So when I'm around an observing designer, your observing designer was uh, also quite low, a negative 22. So you, you have to think about this. But when you're around an observing designer, they see things from such a completely different perspective that I'll stop myself and think, how are they looking at that? Because it, it yeah, it, it, yes. it, it is my perspective. Because I don't have any of that in me. me so either. I need, when I'm working on projects, I'll, I'll spitball with an observing designer because they'll take it I'm coming in the front door full throttle and they're looking at the back door saying, but wait a minute, but wait a minute, but wait a minute, but wait a minute. And I'm like, I get exhausted, but I think I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. I didn't yeah. think of that. Ooh, yeah. That's a good idea. And I would never have thought of that. I wouldn't, you know, I often find myself with the observing designer. I would never have thought of that. Thank God you're here. Thank God I'm collaborating with you. You're right. So yeah, you, appreciation is good. Can you tell me how do you work on that? I mean, I, or can you just collaborate with the observing designer and be lazy? <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no, we have to work on that ourselves. But here's the thing. When you know you're doing a project, you need someone who will be able to do all of that exhaustive research for you. Um, like when we were creating this communication style assessment, my partner, 
high stimulating motivator like me, she's high observing designer. So anytime there was research, she'd look at me and she goes, I know, I got it. And I go, yeah, put pins in my eyes. I do not want to do the research. So she would do the deep, and she would come back with all of this information and she would do an executive overview for me because I don't want to hear the detail. I, again, pins in my eyes. It, it's, it, do you think we should do it? I trust you, let's do it. You know, that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> Yeah. So yes, we need observing designers. Now, for my observing designers that are listeners, um, sometimes social environments can make you feel a little bit awkward because when you're talking to the average person, you're always thinking with such um, complex thoughts and breaking things down of what people are saying and thinking of research. So your mind is always kind of the wheels are always kind of going. It, you could come across as a, a bit socially awkward. Um, you may look down a lot um, and, and avoid eye contact, again, so that you can allow for the wheels in motion. Um, so you kind of get stuck in that minutia even more than the precise assessor because you want to really exhaust every research that's out there. Wow, cool. Is that, the, that, cool? Is that the fifth one? That's last that. one, last one is the innovative uh, organizer. Um, they're your CEO mentalities, decision makers, long as they have enough data, not a lot of data, enough data. They could be very creative also. Um, they're, they have an ex extensive or exceptional drive to the finish line. That's why they're CEOs. They can, they're always in big picture mode so that they keep pushing everybody um, to that finish line. The other thing for my innovative organizers, uh, you guys like to be in control. You're a little control freaks. So you're innovative organizer. This struck me. Uh, this I found interesting, Bridget. You were a negative 22. I'm um, so my, controlling. That is shocking. I, I was shocked by that. Um, but I think you lead with your heart more than that. Now, my innovative organizer, I'm like a, a positive 22. Wow. So I like to be in control. I like to boss people around because I'm right. That's usually what an innovative organizer thinks. And the problem, my, my blind spot, and I work on this every day, is by, by saying, no, no, my way is the right way. And, and like, you know, when you were a little kid, going, la, 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 I'm not listening anymore. Um, that's what an innovative organizer could do because they think they know everything. So we miss people's perspective, like the observing designer, and it could actually take us longer to get to the finish line because we really didn't have the full picture that we should have had before moving forward. Cool, right? Cool. Very cool. So what do they need to, what do they need to remember they need to learn to say when they think that their way is the right way and as soon as you have that thought innovative organizers you need to say hmm maybe my way isn't the right way let me ask the different styles what their take is on whatever the situation is and let them um, your precise assessors, heartfelt advocates, let them, and, and observing designers, let them percolate on it, give them a deadline because precise assessor, observing designer needs deadlines, but say, you know what, think about this by tomorrow, give me some insight as to things I might be missing. Again, one day is not going to kill us, right, to, to push back a project or whatever, but the amount of intel and information could be exponentially important to have us do it, do it correctly, do it better and get it to the finish line or to market or whatever it might be even faster. It feels like we all just need to collaborate. Like, like, yes. it, and it makes it, when you understand the other styles, it makes it easier to collaborate. Cause you're like, 
that's his or her genius. And I need to invite that in. And my genius can bump up against his or her genius and it can create an even bigger genius. Yeah. Yeah. And the innovative organizer, that's one of the blind spots is, well, nobody's as smart as me. <laughs> well, that's wrong. <laughs> There's a lot of smart people out there. You got to tune into it. So see, these are blind, they're blind spots for a reason. And I hope as I'm, I'm speaking, Bridget, that your listeners are saying, that's my husband. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's my mom. Oh, that's my dad. And as soon as you can put a face to the style immediately you have more understanding and coming from a place I think of love uh, with those people. Well, not to get political, but when you first said that the person doesn't read necessarily everything that they should read to make the decision, they just take a few pieces. And I thought of Trump, like not reading the daily report, like most presidents do. <laughs> yeah, totally. The ultimate CEO, right? So. Ultimate CEO. <laughs> and the funny thing is, he probably doesn't think he has blind spots, right? right. Uh, but the, the reality, we're human. We all have blind spots, and they're blind spots. That's why we have to learn things like this. Read your book, for example, to understand that, that shadow side, or that we used that word yesterday in, in our show, um, but to understand that other perspective that maybe you never sh had shined a light, nobody has shined a light on it for you. Yeah, I mean, the compassion that I've just gained in hearing you talk about it for other people, like, and that's so great in any relationship, work relationship, personal relationship. It's like having compassion for that other person, for their downfalls, and a little bit even more compassion for myself, like your downfalls Absolutely. and your, your gifts, right? All right, so now I just want to, I want to hear what, what you're offering our listeners, which is really cool. So tell, tell them what you're listening because this, this customer, excuse me, customer, <laughs> communication style assessment can be theirs. So tell them what you're offering. Yes, I love, I love when I'm on shows like this to um, connect with your people, right? Your listeners. And I always like to come from a place of giving, right? Because I think that um, people are afraid uh, to, to sign up or do something, right? So two free things for your, for your folks today. Number one, if everybody goes to wisdomdecoded.com, uh, right on the landing page, I think we have a free book we offer for uh, Think and Grow Rich or something like that, but you could X out of that. Go directly to the communication style assessment on the landing page, wisdomdecoded.com, and you'll take it. I think it's 25 questions, right, Bridget? You did it yesterday. I think it's 25 questions, yeah. five in each, each category. Five in each, five, in each mm -hmm. five categories, right, right, right. And, and again, score them one, two, three, four, five. You can only have one, 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 two, one, three, one, four, one, five in each of the pods, each of the uh, segments. So that's free. You get a real cool short report. It gives you some idea of your strengths and it gives you some idea of those blind spots or challenges. The other thing I am happy to offer, if, uh, if your listeners send me an email, a personal email, and they send it to info at wisdomdecoded.com, I will give them a free 15-minute laser coaching like I just did with you, your little sheet. This is what the report is. And you can see my notes here. I will happily uh, review with them and kind of talk about here are your blind spots, here are your strengths. How do we leverage the strengths so we can minimize those blind spots? And we can accomplish that in 15 minutes. And I'm truly happy um, to do that, to give back and to get to know your listeners as well. Make it fun. Yay! Yes, and speaking of getting to know my listeners and, and everything, let's remind them of your podcast, Enlightenment of Change. Mm -hmm. On webtalkradio.net. 
Um, I'm on Stitcher, iTunes, um, iHeart, and I also have a YouTube channel. Like Bridget, I do a video. I like the video because you get to see our facial expressions because, again, we're very visual learners. 55% of our communication is body language. So um, you can find me on any of them. But Web Talk Radio, Enlightenment of Change, you'll find me. Woohoo! And I'll put those links in the podcast notes too. What a superhero of love you are. Because seriously, like I had so many aha moments. I think this is the the most aha moments in one podcast interview that I've ever had. Because wow. you just, I got windows into many friends and family. I have major, I just got a super cool window into my mom. You know, like I get, you know, like lots of aha moments. Thank you for the aha moments because they opened up my heart. They softened my heart. And that's why I had you on. I knew you would be this amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I and loved I it. It's so much fun. I'm so sorry. I spoke over you. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I just said I had fun and I'm honored to be on. And I, I really do hope your listeners found value because time is, is, a, is a major commodity that we don't have. So if they listen, I always want to try to give more information than I, you know, that they probably could maybe even absorb, but come back and listen so that you can connect uh, even further with people in your life. Yeah. Absolutely. You did. Many gifts were included in this. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Connie Whitman. I bow to thank you. Thank you. I bow to you, my, my love, my superhero of love. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Hey, 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 superheroes. Thanks for coming for that interview with Connie Whitman. And if you haven't gone over and rated and reviewed and subscribed to this podcast, please, wherever you get your podcast, please go do that. It'll bring more superheroes with love into the fold. And that is the reason for my existence. <laughs> so, And also, you can go over and check out superheroeoflove.com. And oh my gosh, if you haven't bought my new book, Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World, what are you waiting for? Go buy it now. Yay. Thanks for coming.